on behalf of the family and, and friends, we're sure thankful that you've uh, gathered together. Almost got up here and said, welcome outlaws and in-laws, amen. And uh, I know Miss Carolyn, she would sure crack up at uh, things like that. Uh, but sure thankful that you are here. And uh, we do want to rejoice in the life that God gave her. Sure thankful that she knew the Lord as her Savior. And so today is a very happy day in the sense that we don't have to sorrow as those that have no hope, we know where she's at today, and, and so thankful for that. And so let's have a word of prayer uh, this morning and ask God's blessing on our services because we do want to honor the life of Miss Carolyn, but more than anything, and I know that she would want this, we want to honor our Savior. And so let's pray today. Father, thank you. Thank you for your blessings, and and Lord God, just your goodness and, and grace towards us. Thank you that we can gather together. Uh, Lord, and to have freedom and liberty, Lord, like this, and uh, Lord, to be able to give praise unto you and honor unto you and glory unto you. But Lord, even in times like this where families are grieving and hearts are heavy, I am ever so thankful for salvation in you. Thank you for the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Savior. Thank you for the promise of eternal life, and to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I just pray that today, uh, Lord, would certainly honor uh, the life of Miss Carolyn. So thankful for her faithfulness and her testimony through the years. I pray that it would be a comfort to her family and a help. I pray that it would honor and glorify you. And Lord, I know that not only you and Miss Carolyn desire this, but Lord, I do pray uh, that, that people that may be here today that don't know Christ as their Savior, that through her testimony... And, Lord, what you've done in her life, as well as the lives of many others, that, Lord, that they would be impacted by this service. I pray that you'd convict them and deal with them in their need to humble themselves and to realize they're a sinner and that they need to be saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, would you bless the service today? Let everything that is said and done bring honor and glory to you. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. This time, Brother Eric uh, Watson, our assistant pastor, is going to lead us in a song. If you would, stand with me, please. And let's turn to page 671 in the hymn book in front of you there in those hymn book racks. Page 671, face to face, both songs that we're going to be singing, this first one and the one at the end of the service, were two of Miss Carolyn's favorite hymns. And so let's sing it out together on that first verse. Face to face with Christ my Savior, face to face what will it be when with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ who died for me, face to face I shall be. I shall see him by and by. Only faintly now I see him with the darkened veil between. But a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. Face to face I shall behold. Beyond the starry sky, face to face in all his glory, I shall see him by and by. What rejoicing in his presence when our banished grief and pain, when the crooked ways are straightened. And the dark things shall be plain. Face to face I shall behold him far beyond the starry sky. Face to face in all his glory I shall see him by and by. Face to face, oh blissful moment, face to face to see and know, face 
peace with my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who loves me so. seated. I don't know about you, but I was sure thinking about all those dark things being made plain and seeing the face of our Savior, and she's enjoying all of that right now. And uh, what a blessing uh, and encouragement uh, that is, a very appropriate uh, song for the hour. Well, it's my privilege to introduce to you at this time, uh, Brother Tracy Currington, pastors the Bible Baptist Church there in Ardmore, uh, Oklahoma, and he is going to come and, and do the obituary and, and, and just give a testimony uh, about uh, Brother Michael and Miss Carolyn uh, Moore. He is uh, Brother uh, 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 Miss Carrie, Brother James uh, Riddle. He's their pastor, and uh, so uh, Brother Moore and Miss Carolyn would kind of go down there quite a bit, and every time I'd uh, visit with them, they'd talk about being honorary members. Uh, at the Bible Baptist Church in Ardmore, Oklahoma. And so I appreciate men of God that are faithful, and he sure has been faithful to feed the sheep down there. And uh, so, Brother Currington, you come ahead at this time. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All right, wonderful. Well, I, I wore two different shoes just for the occasion. Uh, forgive me for the, the, the boot that I have, but um, I do want to honor the memory of uh, Miss Carolyn and, uh, yeah, the honorary members. Uh, they were, uh, uh, Brother Michael and his wife were uh, there at our very first service in a Hampton Inn conference room. And, uh, it was a, and so anytime we ever go back in time in the history, you, you can't go back and relive the history of Bible Baptist Church of Ardmore, Oklahoma, without seeing Miss Carolyn and uh, her husband's face. And so I'm very grateful for uh, the friendship that we've had these last 18 years and what they mean, and as I understood just today, that uh, they were not allowed to go by the, uh, by the former pastor. I'm not sure if that's still the case today, but they weren't allowed to come back without having a bulletin from Bible Baptist Church to make sure that they were in God's house when they were actually away. And uh, so I, I, I think uh, Brother Watson had graduated to glory just in time for us to discontinue the use of a bulletin. So... <laughs> Because with technology and everything as it is today, I want to read for you uh, Psalm 103. Psalm 103 in verse 15, just two verses here. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. When you look around the room here, I mean, think about all the, all the people all the lives connected to your lives, and no doubt there's many that, could have, that would have wanted to be here this afternoon who could not make the trip for whatever reason. But our lives connect with other people in, in various ways. Uh, we, we have, we, you have an amazing impact on other people. And for you to come out uh, on behalf of uh, Brother Moore and uh, their, their family, thank you. Thank you for coming out and sharing in this occasion. Ever since the fall of man... In the Garden of Eden, death has, has become the natural conclusion to a man's lives and a woman's life. As a believer, I have to confess that when I come to a point like this, especially uh, when, when, a, when a person, a saint, has entered into glory, I, I, I confess to be a little schizophrenic. I, I confess to be that way because I look at this and I say, um, I wonder, should I be praising God or should I be asking why? Uh, like, you know, Lord, why did you take you know, our loved one away from us and then... Then, or should I be praising God for precious in the eyes of the Lord or the death of his saints? I, should I be grateful for the time that I had with them, or should I wish that I would have had more time? I feel a little torn between the two. Should I weep or should I shout? Uh, should I think about who they were to me, or should I contemplate on who they are to God? I wonder if you feel the same way that I do this afternoon. I assure you that however you're feeling at this moment, that right now in our presence, our merciful Lord has here sent His Holy Spirit to become our comforter at times like this. Carolyn Ann Moore, 78, of Olathe, Kansas, entered into the arms of her Savior on Friday, September 22, 2023. 
She's spent the last week with Jesus. I, I have to confess a little envy. I know you're probably not supposed to be that way. And, you know, the Bible does teach us to confess our faults one to another, but I, I'm a little bit jealous, just a little bit. I know I'll see our Savior, uh, who I long to see most of all very soon, uh, either looking for the upper taker or the undertaker. Anyway, I'm going there. And uh, I'm glad to see our friend, uh, uh, Miss Carolyn, when I go. The, I, I, looked, I looked just to see, uh, I'm always interested in the meaning of a name. The Bible sa- or the, the, our, our bulletin says that Carolyn Ann Moore of 78. Uh, and I was thinking about the name Carolyn. What does Carolyn mean? And Carolyn means free man. And I thought that was strange. And I thought, well, just uh, you, basically a, a free person. And our, the, the text that I read for us as a flower of the field um, I think uh, Carolyn would have been more like a wildflower. Um, unconfined. Um, could I use the word independent? I'll let the family declare what, what word they'd like to insert, uh, but I'll, I'll protect myself because I can't run faster than most of you in the room. So, uh, But I, I, I read that people named Carolyn are often associated with a personality trait for being strong-willed. They're all... <laughs> That's what a son-in-law just said. The son-in-law in the room said, mm-hmm, amen. Um, but also determined. Carolyn's, uh, uh, the Carolyn's of the world usually possess a confident, and this is the word I like, this word, assertive personality. I was... When my wife and I were just connecting on the way here, we had about six hours to contemplate, but, uh, but not the whole time, but some of the time we, like, tell me about your, your favorite moment and what is it that you remember about Miss Carolyn? And uh, my, wife, my wife had, she had, a, she had a look that, you know, if her neck was tilting back and her chin was coming up, there was a laughter about to let go. But if her chin went down and she kind of looked over the rim of the glasses, a story is about to be shared. <laughs> Somebody's getting told on. And a lot of that, a lot of it for us on our side of it was, let me tell you about when Carrie was a little girl. <laughs> or let me tell you about Jody when he was a young man. And uh, no doubt she loved her family very, very much. She was born on August the 22nd, 1945 in Kansas City, Kansas, to Ira Lee and Lenny Alma Petty Jones. Carolyn was raised at 206 South Church Street in Olathe, Kansas, she was a part of a very large and close-knit Jones family. I come honestly by uh, the, the name Jones. It's in our family lineage as well. Some of her best friends growing up were her Jones cousins. There were 52 of them after all. Uh, you're, we got them surrounded. She was a part of Olathe High, School, a high Class of uh, 63. She attended uh, Beauty College in California and was a hairstylist in Olathe for over 45 years. Her life changed forever in August 1970 when she met the love of her life, Michael. And if you're friends with Michael, your life is not the same either. (laughs) That's the wise pastor who knows what I'm talking about. Furthermore, it reads here that Michael, after a short Six-week courtship, they eloped to uh, Miami, Oklahoma. Michael was in the Navy, so they were transferred to Alameda, California, where both of her children, Carrie Lee and Jody Michael, were born while they were based in California. Carolyn was always an avid crafter, but finally found her true passion in quilting. And we were talking about that just before the service today, about crafty and Carolyn go together in more ways than just the quilts back there. Um, I'll leave that to your imagination. But she was a member of Olathe's Quilters Guild for many years. Carolyn's relationship with her five sisters was the longest and most special bond she had in life. Carolyn was a Parkinson's warrior, fiercely independent, did, fiercely independent, and then fiercely independent, and and wouldn't allow it to have control of her life. She won, (laughs) and now has a perfect body. 
In September on, uh, in, in 2022, she transitioned to Good Samaritan Nursing Home. New friendships were formed with their amazing staff um, uh, who took more than uh, wonderful care of her. She was a member of Faith Baptist Church for the last 40 years. Isn't that great? When I was reading it, I was, and I was looking at this, the date of her birth in Kansas City, Kansas, and the date of her death, and it says Olathe, Kansas. There's something about sticking to it. Remember I told you about Carolyn's usually displayed determination? Just, just staying with it, just sticking with it. There's something to be, uh, something wonderful in that. To those who knew her best, the type of flower is kind of coming back to the text here. The type of flower that best suits um, for some beloved mother, for another a wife, sister, friend, is the one that I found is called the queen of the night. It's a wild flower, as I mentioned. And the thing about the flower queen of the night, as I, I was looking like, what is the flower? So she's the flower of the field as a flower of the field. And I thought, well, like, okay, she's a wild flower. She's more determined, confident, assertive, and everything. And, and, and what flower would best represent her? It's not displayed down here, although I love the sunflowers and the six that's representing uh, the, the girls there. But the one that I, that I found just from my time with uh, Miss Carolyn is called the queen of the night, and it blooms on a cactus. It's a beautiful flower. It's a beautiful flower, but it has both beauty and bite. It has, I think, as James had put out on a Facebook post, it has both a smile and a smirk. The chin goes up, there's a smile. The chin comes down, there's a smirk, right? And just thinking of, of her in, in that way, I read the rest of this. Carolyn is survived by her loving husband, J. Michael Moore. Her children, Carrie Lee, James Riddle of... Ardmore, Oklahoma, and Jody Michael Moore of Olathe. One grandson, Lane Michael Moore, who she also assisted in raising. And five bonus grandchildren, Alyssa, Tristan, Syl, Day, and Jennifer. Sisters, uh, Virginia, Irene, uh, uh, Maine of Nevada. Barbara, Tom, and uh, Jenkins of Nebraska. Loretta, John Carpenter of of North Carolina, and, and in just in case you're, you don't know that, one's the boss, one's the favorite, and one, because of one graduating to heaven, has now become the baby. That's what I just learned. She's always been the youngest, but never the baby, and now she gets to have that title of the baby. You got a brother-in-law, Tom Cooper of Olathe, numerous nieces and nephews, best friend and sister of the heart, Elaine Hodges of Olathe, and her Faith Baptist Church family. She is preceded in death by her parents' brothers, uh, Billy Wayne Jones and Danny Michael Jones, sisters Bonnie Lee Cooper and Patricia Sue Brady. I just want to conclude here with just two thoughts about this. Scripture reads, the psalmist says that, as for a man, the days are grass as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. And the thing that I think about a flower, and just connecting this back to our beloved Carolyn, as a flower, there are two things I want to leave you with. As a flower, she captivated our attention. There's a grace, there's a beauty, there's an aroma, there's a color that a person's life, when it's connected with ours, give to us to captivate our attention, just like a flower does. It captivates our attention. But also, as a flower, she captured our affection. She captured our affection by her presence. Uh, a flower's presence triggers happiness and joy. A flower's presence... Also, in the appearance, highlights and heightens our uh, contentment, our satisfaction with life. And then by her essence, that brought hope to life. And I leave you with just this, this little poem that I found that I think is so, so fitting to the occasion. The stream is calmest when it, uh, when it nears the tide, and flowers are sweetest at the eventide. Birds are most musical at close of day, and saints most divine when they pass away. Thank you for allowing me to take part in this and honoring me with this. I know there's so many stories, and I'm, I'm, maybe, I, maybe I've taken uh, too much time already, but there's so much that I want to say, and I'll leave that to the, to the pastor uh, to, to tell us all about that later. But thank you again for being here on behalf of the family and honoring us in this special occasion.
don't know about you, but when he was talking about her being strong-willed and independent, I was thinking, you better have a personality like that if you're going to marry Michael Moore. <laughs> so somebody's got to keep him in check. All I keep thinking about is there's no buffer now. <laughs> Who knows what he may do? Amen. Well, at this time, we are going to have a, a couple of uh, testimonies and uh, from her sister, uh, Miss Barbara Jenkins, and then also Miss Carrie uh, Riddle after that. So you ladies, come on ahead. Good afternoon. Uh, I was really honored to be asked to speak for Carolyn, one of her sisters, and I'm just amazed. I, this is just wonderful, the turnout today. It really shows how well she was loved. Uh, sisters are different flowers from the same garden. And as I reflect on this phrase, I have decided that Carolyn represents the forget-me-not variety. I clearly remember her saying to me, now don't make it sad and just focus on my bad health. I want you to celebrate my life because I did have a very good life. Therefore today only happy tears in celebration of Carolyn Moore's good life. But how can we celebrate Carolyn without acknowledging her strength? While many of us would have given up hope, she never lost sight that God was in control. A family of six girls was a great life for all of us, even though we never all lived under the same roof. Maybe that's why we get along so well. <laughs> Our dad died at a young age while Carolyn and Loretta and I were still at home. We were eight 13 and 18 years of age. Bonnie and Tommy stepped up to the plate and helped to keep our lives on track. Our 47-year-old mom was eternally grateful to them both, as were Carolyn, Loretta, and myself. After graduating from beauty school, Carolyn even went to work for Bonnie at her Cameo Beauty Salon. All of us are forever grateful to Bonnie and Tommy as well for stepping up and remaining our big brother. While working at the beauty shop, Carolyn gained another sister, Elaine. They've been dear friends all these years. Did you know that our mom became a grandmother even before her last child was born? Iris is actually three months older than her Aunt Loretta. Carolyn was very close to Pat and her five children spending most of their teenage summers with them on the farm. Kiki, as Carolyn was known, had a special connection with all her beloved nieces and nephews. She was especially supportive of her niece, Teresa Maine, as she fought a losing battle with cancer. She was always there with encouragement and humor. After that, she helped her sister Irene by making a trip to Nevada to get her started with quilting, knowing it would help get her through the grief of losing a child. Carolyn continued to make trips to Irene's annually where they shared their love for sewing by doing quilting marathons. Since Loretta and Carolyn attended the same church, Faith Baptist, here in Olathe, uh, Loretta has many fond memories. She and Carolyn were active in the ladies group for many years. All four of their children attended Faith Baptist Christian School. Loretta reminded me that Carolyn even taught sewing classes to the students. Carolyn was thrilled when the girls, I'm speaking of Loretta's twins, uh, made the decision to attend Christian College. Carolyn and Loretta also took our mom to all her many doctor's appointments during mom's final years. They made a great team. Carolyn loved to laugh. She also gave the most sincere hugs of anyone I've ever known. It was like a cherished gift 
that you carried home with you. She also was one of the most generous people I know. She dearly loved her family and yours as well. Carolyn was a wonderful seamstress, crafter, and quilter. The last few years, she spent countless hours with help from Mike using her talents to leave a remembrance for her sisters and nieces and nephews, as well as their children and grandchildren. If you or your children or grandchildren received a crafted item from Carolyn, would you please raise your hand high and look around? Please know that her heart was full of love for her family and friends. When you were hurting, she prayed and you and celebrated, she celebrated with you, most likely with a quilted item. That was her legacy, a heart of giving. All she asked in return was to forget her not. So remember, hug big, give big, and pray big for others. Carolyn's final gift to me was her trusting me to share her story with all of you. Thank you. Well, I'm so grateful for everyone that's here. My heart is very full, and my mother would be absolutely ecstatic that you are all here to, to honor her because she was one that it was all about her. She loved attention. She wanted, she, and that's a big family joke, is about the, it's all about me. Doesn't matter who else is, what else is going on, it's all about me. But I just wanted to, my Aunt Barb um, gave some remembrance of her as a sister, but I wanted to do just a moment of her as a, mom, a wife and a mom and as a friend. So some of you may or may not know that my mom was what I would call a grief relief baby. Her brother, uh, Billy, was killed in 1943. My mom was born in 45 after the doctor said she should have another baby to help get over her grief. And that's one reason that I believe that my mom was so adored by her older sisters and why she was always considered the baby and Loretta's the youngest. So, um, so, and now you get the title. It's all yours, Aunt Loretta. So, um, and so um, some things about my mom that... Um, my Grammy would always have uh, dinner ready when my mom would come home for work, and then my mom would get up the next morning, and all of a sudden, she'd have a new clean uniform there ready waiting for her to go to work. My grandmother took great care of her, and so when she first got married um, to my dad, she couldn't cook. And I heard from my aunts this week that I did not know that my Grammy never really showed any of them how to cook. It was just like, you either watch me or you don't, and, and whatever's going to happen. But when they first got married, I can remember my dad saying she made mashed potatoes one night that were so runny, they were like soup. And a couple days later, she made some gravy that you could have cut with a knife. So it was, it was kind of good that they didn't have those things together that night. So, but she did become a great cook. In fact, she became such a great cook that she um, did our home ec classes here at Faith Baptist School for several years. And um, not that I got to attend because I never had the privilege. So um, <laughs> never got to go. I, I mean, I did a few times, but but she um, she ended up being a great cook. And um, as I, I understand, she was very excited to become a mom when she got married, and her and my dad um, decided to have children. Um, she was very excited. I am told, and I have a picture of when she was getting ready to have Jody that she wanted to make sure that I felt included. So she had a little tea party with me before she left for the hospital and I was given a newborn baby doll, which I still have to this day. And so when mama took care of her baby, I took care of my baby so I wouldn't be jealous of him. I don't know that it worked too good, did it, Jody? Because I'm still <laughs> jealous. So, um, but, uh, and we kept her hopping as a mom. So, you know, and the, the one thing that I can remember is that it, Things. She she would always start crafting in like August, right, Loretta? And it was, I mean, she crocheted. She I don't know how many Humpty Dumpties they did and different things. And that was to supplement to buy our Christmas gifts, um, to help to do that, to make sure that we were always taken care of. I never remember a time when we didn't have uh, what we needed, and she always did that. 
Um, I do remember me and Jody were talking about this when she had carpal tunnel surgery as a hairdresser, a self-employed hairdresser. She did not want to take off 12 weeks, one-handed, six weeks and six weeks. So she told the doctor, I want you to do them both at once. And he's like, okay. Well, they did it both at once, but she had to have assistance when she would go into the restroom. We'd have to undo her pants, and we would then leave. Well, we would shut the door all the way, and she couldn't get out. <laughs> and we had so much fun laughing at her beating on that door um, because of that. So as a grandmother, her first grandchild was my bonus niece, Alyssa, um, who came into our family when she was 18 months old, and she loved her. And But then not long after that, Lane Michael came into her, and that was the light of her world, and she adored him. And then she also helped to raise his brother Tristan for a short time, and then when me and James got married, she got three more bonus kids. So she was overflowing, and, um, and she loved that. They loved being grandparents. And so as a mother-in-law to James, when um, James and I got married, she got in his ear at the wedding and said, you promise me you'll take care of my girl, and he has. And she knows that, and he knew that. And um, a fun fact about him, don't any of you ever call him this, but for some reason she started calling him Charles. <laughs> I don't know. It happens to be his middle name, but I don't know if that's why she did it. But she, nobody else can call him Charles, but she could call him Charles. So as a friend and a witness, she was a great friend. I know I can see it by all of you that are here, and I appreciate that. And one of the young ladies who took care of her out at um, – at Good uh, Samaritan was coming in and saying her goodbyes the other day. And um, she said, your mom, every time I would come by, she would have her Bible. She would give me a verse because she had lost many um, pregnancies. And um, she said, and your mom's there seeing my babies before I do. But she got to witness to her and to reassure her and love on her. And I'm grateful for that. And um, a couple of it's maybe not been quite a year ago. I um, had a very, very wise man tell me um, something, give me some advice, because I was um, worried about the Parkinson's and the fact that she is so fiercely independent. And, would, and how many of you know she's fallen and all these things? And I was getting upset with her. And I said, if you fall and die from a head injury because of your being, I'm going to be mad at you forever. And a very wise man said, can you stop what God is when God is going to take her. Can you? You can't. And so I took my hands off of that. And when I was with mom from then on out, whatever you need, mom, what can we do? I never said stop. I never said don't. I never said, I just, what can I do for you, mom? And we did. And that made our relationship so much better in the last year because I wasn't telling her what to do. I was just being there for her. And that was a gift that um, this precious man gave me. And I appreciate it so much. But she gave us one final thing, and I, I haven't cried yet, and I'm not going to now. So, <clears throat> um, in November, we came down for Thanksgiving, and we were pulling, taking her to the house to get ready for Thanksgiving dinner the next day, and she had what we thought was a seizure, and she in, in, went to the emergency room, and was minutes away from going to be with the Lord, and the doctor said she needed a pacemaker, and. Um, she literally was contemplating, do I do it? Do I not do it? And she looked at my brother and my nephew and myself, and she said, my kids aren't ready for me to go yet. So she chose to have that pacemaker put in, and she gave us one final gift. She gave us a gift of 10 months. She gave us another Thanksgiving with her, another Christmas, another Mother's Day, and another birthday. We got to celebrate everybody's birthday and hers was the last on August the 22nd. And we got that gift. And what an amazing gift that she gave me. But the most amazing gift she gave me was raising me in church, in this church especially. I am very grateful for the legacy of this church. And I'm very grateful that her and my dad saw fit to have us here so that I could have a personal relationship with the Lord. Because I know I'm going to see her again one day. And that is my ultimate prayer today is that you know that and if you don't know that i'm here come see me i would be more than happy to show you in the bible how to do that but thank you so much for being here everyone i am thrilled at how full this place is and it just thrills my heart and thank you all so much thank you pastor stewart 
Isn't that a blessing? Amen. Good stuff uh, right there. Appreciate both of those uh, testimonies and the obituary. <clears throat> well, with all these quilts around, I definitely thought about uh, Dorcas in the Bible, in the book of Acts, and her labor and, and work. And, of course, the Apostle Peter coming by and saying, Tabitha, arise. And uh, what a blessing that is. But I chose my text this morning, uh, and uh, this is what I uh, felt like the Lord would uh, have me to uh, preach this afternoon. And so I just want to give you a few verses here out of Second Timothy and chapter number 1. The Bible says this, Paul, an apostle of, of Jesus Christ by the will of God, According to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. And then he says this, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in thee also. I chose this passage because... The description that the Apostle Paul gives to the grandmother and, and mother of Timothy, he says that, that Lois and Eunice have, have an unfeigned faith. Unfeigned means this, not fake. It means it was real. And when I think of Sister Carolyn Moore, I, I think of an example of real faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. As with all real faith, it begins with knowing the Lord Jesus as, as personal Savior. Faith in the wrong things or even in the wrong person doesn't produce a real biblical saving uh, faith. Mary, Muhammad, Buddha, the Pope, all the religious leaders of the past that men trust in today, they've all died and are still buried and in the ground. There's only one who died for our sins, was buried for three days, and rose again on the third day, thus bearing the authority to forgive us of our sins and to give us eternal life. And His name is Jesus Christ. That's why Paul would tell Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified of due time. Even the apostles would proclaim, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And even the Lord Jesus himself would proclaim, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's not a way or a truth or a life. He is the way and the truth and the life. And it's because, it is because only the Lord Jesus can forgive man of his sins and make him right with God. But it's also faith in him alone. It's not works that produces real faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of works. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast baptisms and church memberships and communions and confirmations. They cannot make a person right with God. It is a matter of the heart and the soul of man. It is not works that saves a man. It is as clear as the Apostle Paul would proclaim that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the, man, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What I'm trying to say to you this, this afternoon is this, is that Miss Carolyn had this in her life. There was a time and place where she called upon the name of the Lord, where God dealt with her and she turned from herself and her sin and put her faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone. And I love this, just like the Bible says for man to do. As a young teenager, she had made a profession of faith in Christ. She was eventually baptized into Faith Baptist Church when her mom sisters joined the church, but later on as a young woman, she met 
and married uh, Michael Moore. And, and Brother Mike, when, when Mike got saved and, and Miss Carolyn began to witness the change, the dramatic change that God had made in his life, I, I, she began to doubt her salvation because she didn't have this, this real faith that produced a, a change in your soul and in your life. And, and, and the testimony is this, is that under conviction, she went to uh, Miss Anita Watson, uh, Brother EJ's wife, who was pastor at the time, and Miss uh, Anita led Miss Carolyn Moore to Christ, and she got saved. And by faith in Him, she is saved and now had this real faith. And I love the fact that Carolyn did it the Bible way. I'm so grateful for that. She trusted in Christ as her Savior, but I also know this, that real faith doesn't stop there. Real faith begins to permeate out of your life. And, and, and that's how you know that it's real. And it certainly did uh, that way in Miss Carolyn's life. It can be seen in the way that she came alongside and served the Lord with her husband in Faith Baptist Church, being involved in, in the bus ministry and children's ministry and ladies' guild meetings, the Christian school. It was, as already mentioned, and man, I still think about the cinnamon rolls. I just had cinnamon rolls today, and I didn't. Eat, I, and it just oh yeah, I remember the cinnamon rolls. Can't believe I forgot cinnamon rolls. That's important, amen. But you listen. She was always in church, in every service, and and even and, and even when when her health began to fade, she would tune in live stream. We could go and visit, and she would talk about the messages or the services or things like that. And you knew, and if you knew Miss Carolyn. The other thing that flowed from her, her real faith was her unwavering spirit of joy. If you knew her, I'm telling you, she, as I became the pastor of Faith Baptist Church, I, I watched as the Parkinson's began to take its effect on, on her body. I can, remember her, I can remember her walking into Faith Baptist Church and coming in and sitting down, and then I can remember her going from walking on her own to a walker and then going from a walker to a wheelchair, and then I remember them getting her one that was motorized and having to take that from her. She would run over several people, amen. And They don't have red lights in the Samaritan's home, amen. And, but you know what never changed was her smile, her sense of humor, her ability to laugh, her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, listen, even, even in death, and even when there were times where it was close, there was still a tremendous amount of joy from the Spirit of God in her and just ready to go home, ready to be with the Lord. What, what I'm trying to get across to you is this, is that real faith goes beyond the circumstances of life. And it certainly did in Miss Carolyn's life. And as a result of this faith that Carolyn had in the Lord Jesus Christ, that there are really two things that I want you to be very aware of today. One is this, is that she is with the Lord Jesus Christ today. The Bible says this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we understand this, the physical body of man is made from the dust of the earth as God fashioned it and created it. And in death it goes back to that dust of the earth. But the soul of man, which is the real you, in the real me, it will spend eternity either in heaven or in hell. And that eternal destination is determined by whether or not we have real faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because Carolyn trusted Christ in her Savior, I'm just telling you this afternoon, she is no doubt with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the second thing is this, is that we who are left behind, we do not have to sorrow as those that have no hope. I have a hope today, and His name is Jesus Christ. And we can know that Miss Carolyn is with the Lord, and we who are saved can know that we will see her again if our time comes or whether He comes for us. And I do believe that that is certainly not very far off. You know what, in times like these, that there are so many things that people seek comfort in. And I certainly think of things that even we've had today with sharing memories and, and, and testimonies and, and stories, times with family and friends, and, and all of those are good things, and, and, and I praise God for them. But, but I want to say this, the greatest comfort that you and I can partake of is to know the promises of God. 
and to know that Carolyn is partaking of them at this very moment. And what a blessing that is. But there's something else from this passage that drew me here. You see, though the unfeigned faith of Timothy's mother and grandmother are mentioned here, that's not really the intent of the passage. The intent is to challenge Timothy of this same unfeigned faith that's supposed to be in him. And really, I think the idea that the Apostle Paul is trying to bring out by recalling the testimony of his mother and his grandmother is to say this, that this unfeigned or this real faith, it is to be impactful and influential, influential in spreading to those who are around it. Timothy, <laughs> Timothy was taught as a child, the, the Scriptures. Paul mentions that in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, and that from a child... Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And I wrote in my notes, Timothy had a drug problem as a kid. His grandma and his mom drug him to church. Amen. That should sound familiar. But because of the unfeigned faith of his mother and his grandmother, Timothy had the opportunity to grow up in church, to grow up in a Christian home, to hear the gospel and to receive Christ as a, as a young age, to which he did. He didn't let that real faith around him go to waste. And what Paul is encouraging Timothy with here is to be faithful, to continue living it out in his life. Well, well why? Because that's what your grandmother did and that's what your mother did and that's what God has called you to do. Solomon, the wisest man to live outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said this in Ecclesiastes 7.2. He said, It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men. And the living will lay it to his heart. What he's saying is that a man can gain a whole lot more by being at a funeral than he can by being at a wedding. Because it's here that we are all confronted with our own mortality. You see, one day if the Lord tarries, death's going to come for us as it did for Miss Carolyn Moore. And what's really going to matter is not how much money you made, or how good your kids are at sports, or how big your house is, or cool your car is. What's going to matter is whether or not you have real faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what's going to matter. Miss Carolyn had that unfeigned faith, and my challenge for you today is not, to leave, is not to leave here without having her unfeigned faith impact your life. As Timothy's mother and grandmother impacted his, may we let Miss Carolyn's testimony impact us. I would say to you today this, that if you don't know Christ as your Savior, then today needs to be the day of salvation. Already had this in my notes before Miss Carrie ever got up here, but I would say this that not only does God love you and want you to be saved, but Miss Carolyn wants you to be saved. I want you to be saved. The people of Faith Baptist Church want you to be saved. And much of Miss Carolyn Moore's family wants you to be saved. We have people here, including myself, that can show you from the Bible what God says to do to be saved. And here's what it is to be born again, to have real faith. And you need to know Christ as your Savior. Make sure that you have this real faith. But let me also say this. If you do know Christ as your Savior, then do everything you can to manifest that from your life to those around you. L listen, serve the Lord with gladness. That's exactly what Miss Carolyn did. Because I'm telling you, it does have an impact. It does have an impact. Unfeigned faith. She had it. I hope you have it. And if not, you need it today. Father, thank you. Thank you for the testimony of Miss Carolyn Moore. God, what a blessing this afternoon has been to just recall the precious memories. Lord, uh, the, the laughter, the joys, the, her sense of humor, her smile, her service. But Lord, all of that is rooted in the fact that she knew you as her Savior. 
And oh great God, I pray, I pray for her family. I pray that you would comfort them as only you can comfort them. But I do pray, Father, also for her family and her friends that need to know Christ as Savior. And oh God, that you would deal with them, that you would convict them and draw them in their need to be saved. Lord, let us not take the unfeigned faith of Miss Carol and the testimony that she left behind and let it fall at our feet, but rather to take it and to do something with it. Would you bless now? Would you do a work and would you give grace? And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, Brother Eric Watson is going to come and lead us in the last song this afternoon, and we're going to be uh, dismissed. On that last verse, the family is going to head out to the inner foyer here. And as you're heading out, if you would like to greet them, they will certainly be there and available for that. But I just want to encourage you today, make sure you know Christ as your Savior. Make sure you know Him. Brother Eric. Let's stand together one more time this afternoon. Another one of Mrs. Moore's favorite hymns, page 693 in your hymn book. What a day, what a day that will be. We're going to sing both verses together. Let's sing it out together on that first. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear. No more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you again on behalf of the family for being here today. And you may greet the family in the foyer on your way up.